Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 8 called The Majesty of Our Maker. We are in Psalm chapter 8, Psalm chapter 8, the majesty of our maker. We take a little break from 1 Corinthians and we're going to study this psalm. We're going to read it together, its entirety, which is nine verses. And if you'd follow along with me. For the choir director on Giddeth a Psalm of David, Psalm 8, verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is thy name in all the earth, who has displayed thy splendor above the heavens. From the mouth of infants and nursing babes, thou hast established strength because of thine adversaries to make the enemy and the revengeful cease. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou dost take thought of him and the son of man that thou dost care for him? Yet thou hast made him a little lower than God and has crowned him with glory and majesty. Thou dost make him to rule over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is thy name in all the earth. Would you pray with me? Father, we want to be in awe and wonder at who you are. And this psalm really captures that. As David looks up probably on a starry night without the the neon lights of the modern day and the pollution and haze and all of that. And he begins to consider the God who made everything and the God that had been so benevolent and kind to him personally. I recall in 2 Samuel when David said, Who am I, Lord, that you would do this for me, that you would build my house? I wanted to build you a house, and you said you would build my house, a house that would endure forever. Who am I? Yet you are so gracious, Lord. And this psalm is going to tell us that one of the ways that you have, perhaps the main way that you have revealed your majesty is in mankind. Mankind carries the image of God, the Imago Dei. It is a wonder. And yet that image, we know in some way, has been hurt and wounded and soiled by the fall. And a consequence of that fall has been that mankind loses what he was really created to be, to reflect God, to love others as God loves us. Father, I pray that we would This psalm would lead us to you. The word would lead us to the living God. And so I pray that wherever each of us are with our walk with you this morning, with maybe even how we see ourselves, the value that we place on ourselves, that you would speak into our hearts and you would encourage us that we are made in your image and love more than we could ever imagine. And I pray that you would speak to your people Speak hope and encouragement and life. And to those who don't know you yet, may they find life in the Son, 
Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. The majesty of our Maker. Well, Psalm 8 is a psalm of praise. You'll notice it's penned by David, as many of the psalms are. You get that at the top of the psalm. The choir director here on Giddeth is a mystery to us. We don't know exactly what this is, but many times at the beginning of a psalm, the music that was chosen is reflected in the heading. So this could be the music that the words were uh, joined with, or it could be that David uh, played an instrument from this area, or he learned this song or penned this psalm in Gath. which uh, was a Philistine area. And David, of course, went through some trying times in that area. What we do know is that Psalm 8 is altogether a psalm of praise and thanksgiving. It begins and ends with the same words, and you could see these as bookends. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So the focus, the object of praise is God. The psalm is bookended by the majesty of God, And this is a good reminder that when we pray, it would be good that we acknowledge the majesty of God right from the beginning of our prayers or our praise. By the way, praise is really just singing a prayer. Whenever you sing a song, essentially you're praying to song. And so many of you read through the Psalms and you do so as a means of prayer. And it's a beautiful thing to do. It's a the, the book of Psalms is medicine for the soul. So whenever you're hurting or struggling or feeling depressed, I would point you to the book of Psalms. But the Psalms were sung, and they really were the hymn book of Israel. And they would sing different Psalms at different feasts during the year. And this Psalm is the object, of course, is God, the object of praise. And so the question that David answers in the verses in between is, how is God's majesty on display? How is his majesty manifested? And we're going to see that the answer is in creation and the world of people that he made. Psalm 8, says one writer, is a poetic reflection of the great creation text of Genesis 1. Its primary idea is the condescending love and goodness of God toward man. The God who made the heavens and sought glory on them should have regard for man or visit him is really an overwhelming thought that God loves us that much. And I think that many moderns, because of the avalanche of evolutionary teaching, uh, the multitude of religions that are in the world, man has become confused about who he is. And maybe you are that person even this morning. I think knowing your identity in Christ is one of the most important things. Knowing that you've been made special in, in the image of God, but Somehow that can get fractured and even, you know, with the uh, number of suicides that we have in our world, people just somehow have lost their own value. And sometimes that's because we measure our value by the, the, you know, the measuring rod of the world, the ruler of the world. So we, we've got to make sure that we measure up to them. And at every age that we live, and this is especially true maybe in our teenage years, is we we feel this pressure to fit in. We're always trying to figure out who we are and what should we be living for? What is man? That's kind of in the central part of the theme of the psalm. And that is a good question that many people are asking. What is man? Why are we here? Where are we going? What is life really about? 
David's going to answer that really emphatically in this psalm as he uses what we might call the cosmological argument, the argument from creation. Notice in verse 1, O Lord, whenever you see Lord capitalized or in lower caps, it's the name Yahweh. What we have is Y-H-W-H or Y-H-V-H. We only have those consonants. We don't have the vowels. The vowels were removed at some point. But whenever you're reading the Bible and you see Lord in uppercase letters or uh, whatever they call that, lower caps, you know, where it's all capitalized, that's Yahweh. That's Y-H-W-H. That's the name of God, if you will. Now you see the second, our Lord, O Lord, our Lord, that's Adon or Adonai. And that means master or ruler. So the address is to the Lord, O Lord, it's a cry out to Yahweh, to the true and living God, our Lord. So notice it is also relational. Adonai, when you look up Adonai in the Hebrew picture language, it means the first judge. When you call out to the Lord, and remember Jesus Christ is called the Lord, when you call out to Adonai, you are saying you are the first judge. And here's what this means. This means that whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to run it by you first. You're the first judge. Everybody with me? When I make a decision, you're the first judge. When I make a moral decision, I'm going to run it by you first. I'm going to consult your word. I'm going to look to your spirit. I'm going to want to walk out my walk according to the dictates of your word. You are the first judge. You are my Lord. Luke 6.46, Jesus says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? (laughs) Amen? To call God Lord or my Lord is to say I'm in relationship with Him where how I live my life is dictated by what He has for me. And He has beautiful and good plans for you. In Psalm 23, uh, I often share this psalm with those who are mourning the loss of a loved one, and it opens with, the Lord is my shepherd. And then I tell folks, you know what? The rest of that psalm belongs to you if you can say, the Lord is my shepherd. Then you can lie down in green pastures, have the still waters, and all of that that comes. Is He your Lord? Well, for David, of course He was. O Lord, our Lord. And it's not just David. It's the Lord of Israel. And those who have been grafted in, everybody who believes in Him, how majestic. Adair is the Hebrew word. It means how wide, how large, how great, how awesome is your name in all the earth. When the angels were singing and Isaiah got a vision of the Lord and he saw the train of his robe and his glory, the angels were singing in what's called antiphonal praise back and forth one to another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The whole earth is full of His glory. When David says, how majestic is your name, he's saying, Lord, you have put your name, your glory, your person, your attributes on display. And it is majestic. It is incredible. For us moderns, we have to slow down enough to actually look up, though. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
If you just tuned in, then you missed the first half of today's edition of Walk in Truth. That's okay. You can listen to this episode and many others whenever it's convenient for you on your free Living Truth app. Walk in Truth is also on your favorite podcast app. Simply search for and subscribe to Walk in Truth on apps like Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcast, Stitcher, and many more. Listening to a podcast as well as radio is a great way to get some time in the Word when you're walking, catching up on some work, or if you're like me and just need to listen to some Bible teaching while getting ready in the morning. Remember, you can find Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Rob Newton, Program Director for Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance. I've been working with this ministry for nearly three years. I have to tell you, I'm so blessed the Lord has connected me with Pastor Michael and the entire staff at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. I've worked with quite a few ministries, and I'm going to be honest with you, I could be skeptical. Well, if I'm really honest, judgmental right off the bat because of my past experiences working with other ministries. I'd think, okay, they seem kind and loving. Let's see how long this lasts. Anyway, the point I'm making is that Pastor Michael and the entire staff, and I mean the entire staff, are wonderful people. Did you know before we end a staff meeting with prayer, we end it with making a list of people who need or are asking for prayer and pray for them too. I can go on and on about the staff, but time's ticking away. If you've been listening for some time, I want to let you know from my experience, Pastor Michael is a good man. He cares about the mission the Lord has placed before him. He loves his church, and he loves you. Why else would he speak the truth even when you don't want to hear it? This podcast exists because of him, and the Lord's gift to him. We would love to expand this ministry to be on more radio stations, and we need your help to do it. Before we can add a radio station, we need our largest radio station airtime bill to be completely funded by listeners like you. That price per year is $44,500 a year. Now let's get transparent. Walk in Truth has been on the air since 2012, thanks to our church. Last year, 16 listeners outside our church collectively gave nearly $1,500. We were so grateful and excited to see growth. I mean, really excited. This year, in all its uncertainty, has surprised us and given us so much hope. So far, 191 listeners have collectively given nearly $11,000. It's amazing, right? We would love your help and support to raise the remaining $33,500. Monthly partnership is what we need. Can you commit to giving at least $1 a month? We have a lot of podcast listeners, and if even half commit between $1 and $5, we will make our goal. If everyone thinks, well, others will give that $1 a month, I don't need to then most won't give. Your monthly partnership is needed. If you're a new listener, please only help by praying for our ministry and its mission to equip people with God's truth. But if you've listened for some time and you're starting to see Walk in Truth as I do, please commit to giving $1 to $5 a month. Or if you're already a monthly partner, upping your gift by $5. Please visit walkintruth.com today to give your tax-deductible donation. That's walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. When David says, how majestic is your name, he's saying, Lord, you have put your name, your glory, your person, your attributes on display, and it is majestic, it is incredible. For us moderns, we have to slow down enough to actually look up, though. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, I'll be at my house and I'll be focused on doing like lawn work. How many of you are very focused when you're trying to get something done? This is me. When I'm doing yard work, I I don't want to do anything else. I don't look around, you know. And uh, we had some young people who were visiting uh, from out of state and they were 
uh, staying at the house. And, he, and one of the young men goes, man, you guys have a tremendous view from your backyard. And I went, oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that view that we have. Sometimes we have to be almost reminded or prodded to realize the majesty that's all around us. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. It goes out everywhere to the ends of the earth. Psalm 19, 1-4. God has spoken. God has revealed His majesty. He has displayed His splendor, end of one. His splendor above the heavens. He has put His glory on display. He is a personal God. He is Adon or Adonai, the first judge. He is Lord over all. God par excellence. He is majestic. In her beautiful Magnificat, Mary praised the Lord for being the bondservant and the mother of the Messiah. And she says, Luke 149, For the Mighty One has, has done great things for me, and holy or excellent is His name. I mentioned Isaiah 6.3 where the angels cry out about the holiness of God. And in Isaiah 57.15, this is what God says, Thus says the High and Exalted One who lives forever, whose name is holy. I dwell on a high and holy place and also with the contrite and lowly of spirit in order to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. God has put His great name on display in what He has made. His largeness, His grandeur on display. Darren, if you go to that first picture, uh, I just want you... I have a few photos for you and I wanted you just to kind of just... ponder and consider and even meditate on what God has done, what He has made. His creative handiwork is everywhere. And it is, of course, in the stars as well. Uh, I think the astronomers of the day tell us that there are billions and billions and billions of stars. It's really an uncountable number. And we're told that God calls them all by name. In Isaiah 40, when the Uh, when Isaiah is asking a question, Israel's basically saying, does the Lord remember me? Has He forgotten me? And the answer is no, He hasn't forgotten you. He calls every star by name and He knows your name as well. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. His name is another way to say His person. Uh, Turn over to Psalm 57 for a moment. Get a little bit more on this. Psalm 57. What does it mean, exalted above the heavens? Psalm 57. Let's take a peek. Psalm 57 and verse 5. It says, Be exalted above the heavens, O God. Let Thy glory be above all the earth. Skip down to verse 9. I will give thanks to Thee, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to Thee among the nations. For Thy loving kindness is great, to the heavens, thy truth to the clouds. Be exalted above the heavens, O God. Let thy glory be above all the earth. When you read your Bible, many times God is called God Most High. What does that mean? 
It means that he is the highest. He is above all things that he made. Creation is from him. He is above the stars. He is above man. He is above everything that he made because he is the supreme one. This is what it means to call him majestic and Lord and to say holy is his name. He is above his creation. And you could say in one sense outside of his, his, his creation. That's why God can be timeless, by the way, or eternal. He started it. There was a time before time began, 2 Timothy 1.9, as hard as that is to fathom in our minds. God began everything when He created the world and He created uh, evening and morning. He is the author of time. Therefore, He is not bound by time. He is above or outside of His creation, yet He's also intimately involved in His creation. Sometimes people think the stars are the highest thing, but that's not true. God is above them. However that works in terms of spatial studies and all of those things. In the book of Genesis, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine to Abram. Now he was priest of God Most High. And he blessed Abram and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High. Listen to this. Possessor of heaven and earth. That's Genesis 14, 18 and 19. The king of Sodom then comes and offers some stuff to Abram. And Abram refuses. He says, I'm not going to allow you to make me wealthy. Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have sworn to the Lord God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. When Jesus was on the earth and the demons acknowledged who he was, seeing Jesus, this man who was possessed by a multitude of demons, cried out, fell before Jesus and said in a loud voice, what do I have to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. God is the most high in that he is above his creation, but he is above also all false gods. He is King of kings and Lord of lords and God of gods. In fact, every other so-called God with a small g is false and nothing anyway. He is the most high. He is above it all, supreme and glorious. Turn to the book of Isaiah for a second. It's a little bit to your right. Isaiah 14. We know that Satan fell and he desired to be like God. This is interesting language in light of what we're looking at, that God is the Most High. Isaiah 14, when Stephen's speaking to the Sanhedrin, he says, but it was Solomon who built a house for God. You want Isaiah 14. However, the Most High does not dwell in houses made by human hands. As the prophet says, heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool, the footstool of my feet. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? What place is there for my repose? Was it not my hand which made all these things? Acts 7, 47 through 50. Check out Isaiah 14, 12. Scholars, a consensus of scholars believe this is talking about uh, Lucifer's fall. And here's what it says, Isaiah 14, 12. How you have fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, son of the dawn. You've been cut down to the earth, you who have weakened the nations. But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne, notice, above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself, what your Bible say, like the most high. Nevertheless, you will be thrust down to Sheol, to the recesses of the pit. 
back to Psalm 8. So you can see God's special place, uniquely His. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. And the psalm moves from the majesty of the created things like stars to the creation of man, namely to children. You've been listening to The Majesty of Our Maker, part one on Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 8. And remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, you can watch Pastor Michael's sermons and the full services with worship when you follow our YouTube channel. Michael Lance is the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. And we would love it if you would come join us for a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning service. But if you live outside Southern California or you're unable to visit, you can watch us on the Living Truth Christian Fellowship YouTube channel. Best way to find the videos is to visit walkintruth.com and click on YouTube. Again, visit walkintruth.com and click on YouTube. One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your tax-deductible donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and to help you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Please consider becoming a monthly partner, too. $10 a month is greatly needed. Visit walkintruth.com and click on Donate. That's walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 8 called The Majesty of Our Maker. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.